2: the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent
1: balls of summer fire.
0: This Week in Short Circuit 1 and
1: 2 In the year 2008, the visionary directors at Pixar brought us an original idea in Wally, but that was a bullshit. Are we doing Wally today? <laughs> no, fuck Wally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, you have strong feelings about Wally. Yeah, because he's just Johnny Five. <laughs> and that is the movie that we are talking about today, which is called Short Circuit. Yes, this is Matt. This is Luke. Welcome to the sci fi sanctuary. It's It's all about interesting looking robots today. Sorry, now I'm just like running Wally through my
1: brain, I guess. Yeah, I bet I, I did a whole bunch of research on these robot designs, so that's going to be like a whole segment later. Okay,
0: because <laughs> I, I was still, I guess, because we talked about silent running, I was still thinking about silent running, which, I mean, obviously that's not the same thing, but. <laughs> no. That, in
1: terms of like what actually happens in Wally, I guess it's more silent running. Yeah. So I'm just noticing you have the BTS Uno. That's my sister's birthday present. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> eh, it's a couple weeks, right? She also definitely won't. Okay. Also, <laughs> her birthday was like six months ago. It's just that I couldn't mail anything for a little while. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't handle international mail at our... At all? ...post office, yeah. Oh, okay, crazy. It might literally have just been the one week I tried, but then I didn't <laughs> try for like six months. Yeah, <laughs> my parents sent us something, so... Um. Yeah, yeah, well, I finally got some mail from my parents. I was like, well. okay, I can probably send post again. Anyway, that's not quite here or there. Um,
0: <laughs> short Circuit, yeah, Short Circuit. I don't remember seeing the first one the first time. I think maybe we saw it in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Definitely saw it on video several times. This would yeah. be another dubbed um, 80s film. I, I guess we've kind of gotten into an um, unintentional like 80s sci-fi comedy month. Oh yeah, I guess so (laughs) (laughs) Because this is coming out after Twins And next Uh, week is Bill and Ted
1: So yeah, yeah, welcome to, well you welcome last week to 80s sci-fi You know what, I don't think we could be blamed for in hell year 2020 Wanting to watch some light 80s comedies Yeah (laughs) (laughs) But
0: um, we are talking actually about both movies today Uh, We like these movies, but I I don't know if they I don't know, maybe they could warrant I don't think many people would download the Short Circuit 2 episode Even though maybe they should
1: Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So, um, how about the first one? Where, where, do, give me your. So, the, I watched, I think, both of these a lot as a kid. But to the point that my childhood memories, I can't remember which film was which. I could work out which film was which, I just I, don't quite remember where I since then, it. Since then, I rewatched them at like. As a teen, I think I got the DVDs for like a pound each. But as a kid, I used to watch both of them on a loop. But to the point that they were just one film in my head. Right, well, I mean, I was
0: asking, like, what's your choice for,
1: you know, one of the ones we're going to do. You're like,
0: it's my birthday, Short Circuit.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just I just have a lot of nostalgia for these films and affection. No. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're masterpieces or anything, but I think they are good, fun films. I'm just saying you went with the hard sell, and I was like, yeah, sure, sure, Circuit, yeah. so, okay, I'll talk about those. <laughs> well, to be honest, I wasn't even sure if, like, normal people have seen these. So. <laughs> okay, no, I've seen them
0: quite a bit. Well, not for... Thirty years, but right in the late '80s, I saw them quite a bit, and um, so I, I do want to talk about Short Circuit too because I do have a very distinct memory of seeing that the first time. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Um, which would have been actually at, I haven't seen Stranger Things season two or three with the '80s mall. Right, right. three, three is one with the mall. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, that that was actually one of my local malls, so I okay. saw this at one of these satellite theaters around mm-hmm. that mall. It, you know it was full 80s like more 80s than the stranger things right <laughs> but uh it, i think it was my first time in a proper multiplex okay and you know pastel colors because it's the 80s right just and like it seemed a little smaller <laughs> like, <laughs> even as being nine years old I was like, this, it seems a little smaller and boxy and you know um like a few corners had been cut at the cinema <laughs> So that, that so I think Short Circuit Two is actually my proper introduction to the multiplex.
1: See, I've never basically never been to cinema that's not a multiplex. Yeah, um, before it, that, did they just have one screen and you saw the film that was on? Well, like maybe two or three. Right, I think okay. it was a's area. That was what my three. like hometown cinema was like, I guess. Yeah, Atlanta had a cinema.
0: It's called a uh, Toco Hill Cinema. Mm. Just fantastically giant screen put 70 millimeter on it and then sometime probably around the time Short Circuit 2 came out they split the thing in half and made it two theaters which you right. should probably get a giant middle finger um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean come on you got an awesome big screen keep it folks um, I know the Plaza Theater in Atlanta sorry this is like for Atlanta people that's an art deco theater which is very cool you should look it up if uh, you want to see a cool art deco theater okay. the one catch is they turn their um their, upper, their balcony into, like, another tiny theater. Huh. So the main one's still pretty nice. doesn't have a balcony, of course, but that's where I saw... Um, I've seen lots of movies there. That's where I saw uh, Godzilla's Revenge or whatever, so that was cool. Nice. <laughs> and a the nice art deco theater. But, yeah, I saw Short Circuit too. It's my first experience in a a a nicely kept, but, you know, like, corners cut multiplex, oh, yeah. which is, I guess, where we see most of our films these days. Although the J- Japanese ones are usually reasonably nice. Yeah. Uh, and although sometimes they don't turn the air on, right? Mm. So uh, I, I guess I shouldn't even ask you about Short
1: Circuit 2, because uh, you're just blending it all together. Well, I, I, yeah, I saw, I just saw... I was TMC, either of them in the theatre. I, I wasn't born when either of them were in the theatre. Right. <laughs> so I just watched them both on tape a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I remember, I guess I was like 14, I got Short Circuit 1 on DVD. Watched. was oh, that's a good film. None of what I remember was in that film. That's weird. Realized that there was a Short Circuit 2 <laughs> and watched that a few years later. Yeah. But as a kid, I feel like Short Circuit Two is the one I watched the most. I think for me that might be the case too. But once then, I had on video, going back to them later, I was like, "Oh, Short Circuit One's a pretty, like, legit film, and Short Circuit Two is this weird '80s nonsense. Yeah, we're
0: gonna talk about that more, but there is a certain, uh, certain term of endearment to go with '80s references for that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna plot out the films. I'm actually just gonna. This, Blackle them all together in one big plot summary today, I guess.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: This blackle a word. Today,
1: Matt, today!
0: Nova robotics is having a demonstration of its new military-funded death machine robots. Creators Newton Crosby and Ben Jabatuya. I say it?? Right? We're hoping for more peaceful applications, but what can you do? An incoming storm cuts the demonstration short and one of the robots number five is hit by lightning. This somehow creates sentience in the robot and he escapes the robotics facility. He eventually finds himself at the home of Stephanie Speck, who assumes that Number 5 is an alien. Number 5 teaches himself English by speed reading Stephanie's book collection and explains who he really is. Stephanie then contacts Nova, who dispatches Crosby and Japutuya to collect the robot, disassemble it, find the malfunction, and then reassemble it. Wait, disassemble? Number five realizes this would destroy his newfound sentience, and he goes on the run once again. Crosby and Jabotuya manage to track the robot down, but like Stephanie, they are beginning to realize that number five is alive. Thus, Nova Chief Dr. Howard Marner sends in his military security under the charge of Captain Scrotum, I mean scroder to bring in number five. Number 5 manages to reprogram a few of his brother robots to become a trio of nitwits, but is seemingly destroyed by security while on the run. Fortunately, Number 5 had sent out the last of his brother robots as a decoy, and he is alive and well. With Nova believing him blown up real good, Stephanie and Crosby head for a secluded farm in Montana with the now-renamed Johnny 5. And now it's time for Short Circuit 2. Since Nova Robotics has gone bankrupt, Ben Javeri Javeri, has headed to New York City to to, uh, sell tiny toy versions of Johnny Five, the Street Hawker. Fred Ritter, a proper con artist, convinces Ben to go into business together to sell the toys. Fortunately, they gain the interest of Sandy, an assistant buyer at a major toy company. Even more fortunately, Johnny Five shows up in a mail-order crate from Montana and is ready to help them create those toys. On the downside, their new factory has a couple of squatters trying to dig a tunnel into a nearby bank vault. Anyway, Johnny explores New York City, becomes a gangbanger, Ben tries to get it freaky with Sandy, Fred tries to straight up sell Johnny Five for $11 million, and the bank robbers get Home Alone-style welcomes from Johnny's custom-built traps in their factory. Then shit gets real as the robbers get their boss to convince Johnny to dig a hole into the bank vault, for which they pay him back by trying to brutally axe-murder him. Johnny has Fred sort of fix him and goes punk rock PG-rated Terminator on his tormentors. With Johnny bleeding out precious battery fluid, Ben is able to save him just past the nick of time. Our heroes later have a profitable robotics company, Ben becomes an American citizen, and Johnny is now gold-plated, blinged out for some reason. I preferred the Los Locos redesign.
1: Should we start with the stars of the '80s or the Elephants in the room? I, th- I was going to say I think we should start with characters, but there's two characters we should leave to the end. <laughs> okay. So, I'm not that familiar with the Police Academy movies. I am, but yeah, so <laughs> these two are just playing their Police Academy roles, right? You, more or less. Um,
0: yeah, Steve Gutenberg, It's weird. I, I was okay. We're starting with stars of the '80s. I'm getting. I'm, 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 I think I'm going a little more actor first. Uh, Steve Guttenberg yeah, yeah, and no. Ali Sheedy were like, you know, big stars in
1: the '80s. I know Guttenberg's done a lot. What else has
0: Sheedy done? Oh God, um, so I think she, it's John Hughes films. I'll look her up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, Breakfast Club. It's her, I believe. Yeah, Breakfast Club. That's a big one. She's got a few others, but yeah, she was she was actually quite popular. Uh, it's kind of like, um, oh, I'm losing her name. Back to the Future. I can only remember Lorraine. That's, yeah, I don't see anything
1: else she did, either. So. Leah Thompson? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. They, I'm looking at her now, and it's like... Allie, she the is, Breakfast Club, St. Elmo's Fire, War Games, Short Circuit. Yeah, she was big
0: in very, the Very, very 80s. <laughs> but for her and Steve Guttenberg, it's like the dial turned in 1990, and they like evaporated. Mm-hmm. You know, I put in my notes, like I almost like don't want to know where
1: are they now. I'm just like, they evaporated in 1990. Apparently she's an X-Men Apocalypse, though, so I've got to click that. Oh, <laughs> okay, I'm assuming it was a very minor role. Yeah,
0: but. well, probably one with like a comic book name. Well, what was the, what was the credit for?
1: Give me a sec. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Her credit is Scott's teacher. Scott's teacher. She okay. That's not a real role, is it? No, she's just the teacher in Cyclops' class, I guess. Before okay. he joins, the X-Men. Well, that's where is she now? She's there. She's doing those sort of bit parts, yeah. Steve Gutenberg. I, I see. I can't pat, uh, picture
0: him. I can't picture him past like maybe thirty-five years old.
1: Yeah, I feel like he must have done stuff, but maybe he's an agent now or something. I don't know. He looks a lot like Shatner now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I can see that a little bit I guess. He's just got fat in a fake town, I guess. Has he got any recent
0: credits? See again lots of eighties credits so Katoon, Yeah. cocoon, poli- oh, we said Police Academy. <laughs> I
1: mean, he he did love Alantula in twenty fifteen. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing it's one of those um Asylum movies. But yeah, he basically has no credits after the year nineteen ninety. Right. So yeah they 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 just they turned to dust or something.
0: Um they're fine. I mean, they have. They do have a little bit... They have 80s screenplays. He also did way. Two Love, Two Lantula. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, you got one there. Amazon Women on the Moon. Fantastic.
1: That's still 87,
0: though. Yeah, I know it's still the 80s. I'm just like, all right. if you don't... it's it's Again, it's not a good movie at all, but I find it... I have some, you know, psychic touchstones in that movie. Yeah, I guess it looks like to. he
1: just plays dads and straight-to-DVD
0: stuff now. Okay, there we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, they're fine in the
0: 80s. I, I don't really know what happens after the 80s i guess except the 90s and the 2000s and all the way to this fantastic 2010 2020 2020 yeah sorry i skipped a decade there everyone wants to
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay um
1: fisher stevens it's a weird one. Oh yeah that's the one i was going to leave to the end of the but segment he probably needs his own segment he needs his own segment okay um so, i mean we've got characters in short circuit 2 as well yeah, Michael McKean, of course, uh, is of note Yeah, it's especially So you haven't really watched like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul Right but they, So Saul Goodman, uh, Bob Odenkirk's character Is this character from Short Circuit He's like a street hustler <laughs> And Michael McKean is the one who's like Disapproving and judgmental, <laughs> like the straight-laced guy. So it was real funny seeing him play this character here.
0: Yeah, it's real funny for me coming from the different angle of just having seen him in all the movies with uh, Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer, you know, Spinal Tap or um, Best in Show. Mm. Um, he is a good actor. He's just he's completely different every time you see him. Oh yeah, that's the sign of a very good actor, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, of course, mostly a comedy actor, but he's got a, he has a couple. I think he has a couple He's not a comedian; he's a comedy actor. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, well, yeah, he's he's never like the wise guy. He's the guy jokes tend to be at the expense of. Right, but he plays them very well. Yeah, I guess yeah. thing Well, yeah, it, that is a real art to being the straight man in a comedy. Yeah, although he gets some wonderful
0: one-liners in Spinal Tap, well, he gets great lines. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, have you seen the uh, mockumentary
1: films? I've uh, definitely seen Spinal Tap, I'm British, so Right, right. Uh, I'm talking <laughs> the the other ones, uh, Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, I've, Mighty Wind. You've told me about Best in Show, I think, but I've not seen okay. it. Okay, he's
0: oh, he's fantastic in those as well. So. Yeah. Um characters. Uh, Sandy looked like this was like big hair eighties woman. Yeah, she is just
1: plug in eighties actress it felt I, like I like again She's nice enough, she does the job. But. again, but
0: it's like it's like when we did Detective Pikachu where I just had like shoehorn the female character, like, into my plot summary. Right. Kind of with her, too. Like, yeah. oh, Ben tried, like, oh, okay, she, they get the attention of the toy manufacturer lady, because, I mean, that's not really important to the plot. Yeah, and, but then, like, Ben chases after Sandy, which, again, isn't Based bad. on nothing, as well, it's like,
2: many think it across kind of creepy today, yeah. Right? That was, well, then, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess they are going a bit for Sarano there, but, uh one, is, is, is it, even if he's sent it, I don't know if a two-year-old robot is really the best place for romantic advice. But I guess Ben has no other place to turn. Well, I mean, the, the robot's just giving the advice from the books it read. Right, right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should have asked uh, old Michael McKean... What was his name, Fred, in the movie? Fred, yeah. Yeah, okay. Should have asked Fred... Well, uh, he was on the outs with him at the time, I guess, before his heart of gold came out.
1: <laughs> it, Fred is one of those names that I just find it difficult to take seriously anymore <laughs> I don't know why I mean my granddad's called Fred but Fred is just not like, he... imagine having a baby tomorrow and naming it Fred no you'd name it backwards Durf? yeah
2: <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> he looks Michael McKean could play a Durf <laughs> <laughs> so we, we just had I guess because this movie we had that word like rolling around a lot when I was in junior high or something yeah. we thought it was hysterical to use that word <laughs> for some reason. I don't. I, and I do remember in the, the fourth grade school yard the, the um, Los Locos chant being bandied about some as well. That's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, I guess,
1: you couldn't put that in your movie now. Apparently that one has a TV at it as well. Without the. Without ass and bulls. Where like Los Locos kicks your teeth. lost Locos kicks your face. lost Locos kicks your. Something into outer space. Yeah, do Something. Okay. I can't remember what the other yeah, last was. Yeah, yeah, okay. Head maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Really, I get they had to edit that much, in the I, I guess they apparently did. this film has like a really substantial TV edit because mm. this has got a lot of like, as you put it in your notes, PG swearing. <laughs> I wonder which one I was watching now. Yeah. I, I guess I,
0: I feel like I know the Los Locos chant with the proper PG obscenity, so yeah, <laughs> must have been that one. Uh, you said characters, and, then, and now I feel like I'm reaching because Sandy wasn't the right place. Oh, um, what Harold?
1: You've got all those. I think it was. But yeah, just look like these shoehorned in criminal types. Well, see, Short Circuit 1, of course, it only had a few major characters, but the minor roles all felt unique to that film.
2: Mm.
1: There's like the scientist guy who's turned businessman, there's the security guy trying to chase them, there's all the scientists and the guards. But in Short Circuit 2, all the peripheral cast are just. People. the most generic 80s plot guys, right? <laughs> yeah, people in the city. <laughs> it's like when we were watching Twins and I'd forgotten about all of this stolen engine, criminal... Not Because it's just like, apparently in the 80s you just had to have that subplot for no reason. So here, for no reason, there's like, oh, here's a bank heist subplot and here's a gang subplot and here's this subplot and that.
0: I, yeah, I kind of feel like, um, especially Star Circuit 2 does kind of, without having quite as good actors, well, Michael McKean's quite good again, but um,
1: walks sort of that weird twins tightrope where it's mm. not good but it's weirdly charming well it, it definitely feels like the first one was pretty was it's they, someone had an idea they made a film it was very successful and the studio is just like got you know script guy number three <laughs> hash us out a sequel and we'll get it filmed for next summer sort of thing
0: oh crap we can't get our leads anymore ah screw it yeah <laughs> yeah and speaking of characters not in the second one that's kind of just weird yeah,
1: you got, like, that one recorded message from Allie, and that's it. Which I, I hope she literally phoned it in, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I,
0: it's like, really, they are too busy with Police Academy movies and St. Elmo's Fire? I
1: don't remember what year St. Elmo's Fire was, probably earlier. I think it was around, yeah. Th- was she I too good for that movie? <laughs> Look, this the second movie was like the end of the 80s they were at the absolute height of their powers mm. maybe they just didn't want to pay them that kind of money for a sequel yeah because yeah, like I can imagine the studio bigwig thought process is well people aren't really paying for Steve Gutenberg, they're paying for the robot <laughs> and we don't have to pay the robot it. so <laughs> it's like well we'll get cheaper actors then I don't care so
0: I guess sorry cheaper actors we're just not going to get deeply into you today I guess
2: yeah
1: Johnny Fife, I am thinking that since I am coming from India, I am feeling very lonely as well. New India, is it? (laughs) So. (laughs) There's like, like billions of Indian people live in in the States. In the 80s, they lived in the States. Yeah. Well, okay, so there is, I'm not going to say it justifies it, there is a story behind why Fisher Stevens is playing this role. He does, and I'm not going to disparage the actor, he does fine with what he was told to do. But he was cast in this role... Playing himself, a white guy. They then recast the role with an Indian actor, rewrote it for that actor, lost that actor, brought Fisher Stevens back in, but kept the script where the character was Indian. <laughs> <laughs> how did how did that meeting go down? <laughs> right. Okay, we can we got we're, we're going to get you back, but we need to darken your skin and you got to put on this accent. But I've seen interviews with Fisher Stevens. He well. Firstly he is very much like Yeah I would not do that today It was wrong to do that So fair play to him He also He treated it very seriously as a role Like he went and lived with an Indian family And for the second one He went to India for a while
0: <laughs> No in full on You know Like I, until we got to Doing this movie for the podcast Yeah I hadn't, I hadn't thought about Short circuit too deeply For quite a while I didn't actually and, and the last time I saw it I was still legitimately a kid. <laughs> but I didn't know the
1: guy was an idiot. <laughs> I only know it because I've then seen Fisher Steven in other stuff. Right. He's in the Mar- he's in loads of my favourite stuff. He's in both short circuits. He's in the Super Mario Brothers movie. And he's in Lost! <laughs> <laughs> Who's he in Lost? He was in it. he's only like six episodes, but he's like kind of like a bad guy goon. Oh, okay. But yeah, he I remember seeing him being like, I know, why do I know this guy? Why do I know this guy? And then when I realized it's from Short Circuit and Super Mario Brothers, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, okay, um, that, that's the actor. He, um, Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> the character, kind of a weird turn of events. There's an explanation,
1: but still, it's a weird turn of events. It's very, and like you kind of put in your notes, they bring back, they make a sequel. What's the bit they bring back? The brown face? And they change his name for no reason. Yeah, they give him a slightly different weird Indian surname. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Very, very bizarre situation. Um, Aziz Sanzari spoke out about it quite a lot. Right. Apparently, he did actually have like an interview with Fisher-Stevens, and they sort of both... You know, he did come to the conclusion that Fisher-Stevens himself didn't really do anything wrong. It was just the whole situation was fucked up and no one asked questions back then. Yeah, yeah. Also, you know, I don't, I don't know how decent a person east Ansari is these days yeah
0: he's had a, he's had a little more um manure thrown in his car recently
1: I guess yeah <laughs> but it's a weird one and like I think because of course Short Circuit's it was two films in the 80s and most people haven't thought about it since <laughs> like I think it started getting brought up around the time Apu was starting to get brought up yeah yeah exactly well um
0: the thing about, with Short Circuit 2 is it's kind of like It's like a bootleg live-action Disney
1: movie. Which is like a weird thing to do in the 80s. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the the first one is very much like a live-action Disney movie. Heartwarming little weird puppet story where, you know, he comes alive at the end. But the second one, they take that concept and then just plug it into the 80s sci-fi comedy thing. Which is why it's just such a bizarre film. (laughs) It's like... They weren't quite sure what audience they wanted to bring in, I think. I... That's definitely the impression I get with that film. Because most of the sense of humour is very, like, a child's sense of humour. Yeah. But then, like, the events are very, like, <laughs> criminals and diamond thefts and beatings <laughs> and gangs. And, <laughs> and with that sentence especially, we, I find we're gravitating towards Short Circuit 2 mostly, which is interesting. Uh, well, it's also because most of the robot chat will be Short Circuit 1. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. Because Short Circuit 1... Is, is much more about the concept of Johnny Five and about these robots, mm. or what have you. Well, shall we just throw um, just a little bit on the characters, the, in quotations, characters
0: of uh, Stephanie and Crosby, since they are the stars of the first one? <laughs> Anything we want to say there?
1: Uh, I really like them. They're definitely like
0: that's, that's where, I guess, a little bit of that twins vibe comes
1: through, too. I kind of... Like, Crosby gets the girl at the end or whatever. But he's kind of just a douche all the way through this film. He is, and it, what do they say hasn't left the lab for like years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and like he does the whole shtick of like, oh, you know, they took my science and they turned it to evil and war. But he was quite happily going along with he's it. He's pretty complicit. He hasn't left the yeah. laboratory in five years. Or like. Something. I'm gonna say it right now. Newton Crosby is a war criminal. <laughs> like you know, he created unmanned drones to kill people. <laughs> so you know,
0: fuck Newton Crosby. So, so Ben, choose your last name would also would also be complicit there. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> so, um, well, yeah. Stephanie and number five are the only good people in Short Circuit One. <laughs> They're the only pacifists in it. The other thing is, um, not that Steve Gutenberg's like the epitome of cool, but he's a little too cool for that character, I think. That's the thing, because they they talk about him and set him up like he's super shy, you know, shut-in scientist guy. But then whenever he's actually around people, he's perfectly charming and friendly and...
0: Yeah, when he's in that bar, like, he's relatively walking the the social
1: moors, you know. It was definitely tell, don't show in that film. (laughs) Because at no point do they show us that he's in any way socially awkward or anything. Right. They just keep telling us that he is. And then he has, like, a stare down with a man with a gun and stuff. (laughs) Like, he's not...
0: (laughs) Are we just just supposed to be, like... Oh, he knows computers, so he's a dweeb. Police Academy and his... Well, I don't know. I guess in nineteen eighty six, you know computers, so you're a dweeb. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what it boils down to.
1: But yeah, Stephanie, I
0: really
1: liked. She was... I I Because I watched this film a lot as a kid, and I liked her, but... I think I must have watched it too young to have ever had a crush on it. Yeah, probably the same for me. Right? So, yeah. Like, I identified with, like, the childlike robot, not mm. the dude who was... Yeah, same here. I, I've, I've always not been attracted
0: to 80s big hair as well. Even the <laughs> 80s. It just, I thought it looked weird. I was like, women used to have different
2: hair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I go either way on the 80s big hair, but... Yeah, no. I remember in... um the first Terminator, there's the bit where they get themselves done up to go out for the <laughs> night out. I'm like, you just made yourself look worse. Yeah, even worse are large shoulder pads. Yeah. Uh, so. But, you know, maybe, here's a wild thought for you, maybe sometimes when women dress up, it's not for men's benefit. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> just talking about them. Yeah, okay. I, I could talk about yeah, right like, I just saw an opportunity. <laughs> what kind of suit we're going to wear, too, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, okay, letting the rubber band snap back to two, I guess
1: we'll talk about Fred a little bit who you described as being Trump on film. <laughs> it's just the, the fake tan, the blonde hair and the like sleazeball attitude.
0: Of course you have to go for eighties Trump where he had a little more sandy hair, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the act the vibe is definitely the same. Yeah. <laughs> so so if you want to have some fun just mentally uh no slight to Michael McKean at all of course but just mentally plug in 80s Trump there for some fun and then
1: yeah he would be much more happy with Johnny Five getting citizenship than with Ben getting citizenship (laughs) (laughs) he was made in America (laughs) I noticed you have the same thing as me where you always call him Johnny Five even though for the whole first film he's not called that I I managed in my um and my plot synopsis, not to call him
0: Johnny good Five, number but, five. Yeah. but yes, I went in my notes itself, yeah, I just kept writing Johnny the entire time, because his name's Johnny. Yeah,
1: Johnny Five is a much more
0: fun name than Number Five. That song's not on the soundtrack, interestingly. Ah. No, the soundtrack came out like 20 years late
1: ah.
0: on a boutique label. There's
1: a load of, like, real good songs which I've just realized I first heard in these films. Yeah, there are a couple. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, apparently, uh, I guess De barge's asking price was too high. Right. <laughs> um, it is pretty bad 80s music. Uh, it didn't bother me as much as the twins' 80s music. Well, yeah, these are at least songs. Yeah, these are a little more... Un- I mean, th- th- there's actual pop songs, a few which are quite nice. I'm mm-hmm. more like the incidental music. Right, yeah, yeah.
1: Like the twins' incidental music like makes me want to, like, you know... Well the first the first just like it has that really cool pleep bloopy sci fi. Oh different. that's fine. That I, yeah, I cool. quit right in my notes, I love bleepity bloop so But then the second one just has that 80s, like b-bop, 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 b-bop. <laughs> around the city doing stuff. Yeah, it's lots of Seinfeld slap bass. I yeah. was before
0: Seinfeld, but uh <laughs> Yeah. Slapity Slap. Um is is that what we we're gonna say about Fred? Slappity Slap?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh he gets a slapity slap and then he comes around, so yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, is his is his, is his heart of gold convincing to you? Absolutely not, man. No. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he briefly saw that the prophet was in helping
0: the robot. Yeah, uh, they, they just push it. They just push his U-turn like so hard, and he's like a squealing, you know, yeah. fast and furious drift style uh, U-turn.
1: But, but it, it's utterly
0: unbelievable. Where <laughs> he then sort of repairs Johnny, I guess. <laughs> Um, so, I assume we're not talking about Johnny as a character in this segment. You want
1: to you want to do that all on its own? I just... Um, well, we can talk about Johnny as a character, because really I want to talk more about the design. And, okay, uh, let's like do Johnny stuff. as a character, then. Yeah, um... I, could, I feel like when I used to watch this a lot as a kid, like, my parents' grand found him really annoying. His... I was... Thinking his voice is just
0: on the line of annoying, but it maybe from nostalgia. That's yeah,
1: I wrong. feel like if you wa- if we were watching it for the first time now as adults, maybe we find him annoying. <laughs> just doing all the like lines he's heard off TV bits. That, that was like every '80s puppet character, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so. I see. You had a little Mountain Dew. It should have been Dr Pepper, right? Except I've actually. I thought that myself. I've got a Dr Pepper down there as well. Okay. Dr. Pepper was my drink of choice for, like, my whole childhood.
0: Oh, yeah, same way I put my... I put Dr. Pepper will screw up your system.
1: (laughs) Dr. Pepper, KFC, and movies with monsters and robots. That was what I was into.
0: And I said still my favorite childhood snack was Dr. Pepper with Cool Ranch Doritos and jalapeno cheese dip, which is
1: not Yeah, you got to have a dip with Cool Ranch Doritos, though. Yeah. They're not a good taste on their own. Why didn't we get a better Dorito? Because that's the best one for having a dip. Oh, there we go. It doesn't yeah. really have a flavor on it. And
0: head. then we got, like, the most horrible dip you could possibly get as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's reprocessed. I see. This is where kind of the fat Matt came from. Dr. Peppers and Doritos. Well, that's good. No, it was, that was, like, 8, 9, 10, and, you know, like, junior high year. Like, um, I'm sure it contributed, but, you know, at the yeah. time I was pretty skinny. <laughs>
1: well, I, was, I used to eat loads of shit as a kid and never put on weight. You see, yeah. my mid i and started putting on. I know in
0: America they call the freshman fifteen. And you start uni and uh, you suppose, and I think by the end of uni I'd gotten a good thirty on. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Johnny. <laughs> um, let's see, pop. They still do
1: it. Shrek does the same thing, right? I mean. Well, yeah, the pop. But the thing is, I think what's changed in the eighties. They always had like. The bit where he watches all the TV and picks up these pop culture references, right? Mm. Whereas now they just dot them in more organically. Right. But did the Sonic movie do a bit of that? Where he's, like, he's spying on people and then he learns to copy the culture?
0: Yeah, because he's, he's peeping Tom on uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. James Martin and his And then he learns to, like, <laughs> copy... But, yeah, these days, that stuff... Like, there's, of course, the easy, cheapest way to do comedy is just throwing a bunch of pop culture references. But I feel like they're not as, here is the character who does pop culture references anymore. <laughs> there is a lot more character to Johnny in the second
0: one, of course. I mean, you know, he's basically newborn in the first one. Anyway. There's
1: more character, but less of a character arc. Yes. Because the first one is, well, I'll talk about this more later. James Cameron definitely saw these movies. <laughs> because the first film's plot is Terminator 2. Yeah. He learns to value human life and like <laughs> becomes sort of sentient.
0: Although, was go, the first one? And, and then on a weird flip, he almost goes Terminator in the second one. Justifiably,
1: to be honest. I really like that um, the moment that turns him off is when he realizes that they spared the humans. <laughs> That's just like, such a cool moment. Like, oh, right, I get it. Spare the humans, but kill the robot, huh? Yeah, and then red eyes. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, Skynet is born. <laughs> he seemed cute till just now. <laughs> Short Circuit 3, humans must die. Design is where you want to go. So I brought up at the start, Wally, right? Like, ballsy. Um, Wally is just Johnny Five. Yeah. It's got the exact same triangular treads, the <laughs> same like little binocular eyes, exact same body shape. He's just a squat CGI of Johnny Five.
0: I guess they're like you're gonna make a bootleg Disney movie. We're taking it back. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> but then... granted is Pixar, just for the,
1: the the nitpickers out there. I started looking into it a bit more, right? Because like, so. Short Circuit came out in 1985. Six. Okay. Six. Well, yeah. Whichever year it came out, one year before was when um, Rob came out, the robotic operating buddy for the Nintendo. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a predate. Okay. Yeah. And that kind of looks like... And I was like, oh, so where does this design come from? And then a couple of year, like a year or two after Short Circuit, you've got the first Terminator. That's got the Hunter Killers, which are just big evil Johnny Fives. No, the first Terminator is 84, so that's first. So that actually predates Rob as well. Right. It looks different, but it's definitely more... Uh, I I did a bunch of looking this up. But basically, what... I I traced them all back, basically. And you've got... I'm guessing we're we're finding some scientific concept here. Right. They come from real robots. (laughs) So the whole tank-tread humanoid thing Mm -hmm. is from the General Electric Beetle, which was a big robot built to service nuclear weapons. (laughs) <laughs> so it had the tank treads, it had the humanoid body and the arms. It was a real Johnny Five. Okay. And then the other thing which they all have in common is the, the eyes that look like the pair of mm-hmm. binoculars. And I, was, I couldn't find the common ground. I Mars rover. Yeah. So they're just... Johnny Five... I do think Wally ripped off Johnny Five. But I think all what all these robots have in common is they're actually based on real robots.
0: Yeah, I mean... Um- the Pixar guys like to do like insane amounts of research. so They would have researched that same track. Yeah. Um, and but someone in the room at some point was like, dudes are making Johnny Five and they're
1: like ah. There's, whatever. Since there's been like interviews with the direct the like lead on Wally. He's like, Oh well, you know, I was um I was looking at a pair of binoculars and thinking about how it could be human I guess maybe I saw a sword circuit when I was a kid and that subconsciously I was like, Shut the fuck up. No, I What happened it. is he designed Wally not knowing he was ripping off Johnny Five. But that is where the idea got into his head. There's no way it's not. Yeah. But of course, you're not going to admit that. I mean, yeah, this is the beetle. This is something I guess you'll have to look up on your own. But yeah, as it's, it's a real thing. Just type in GE Beetle. It's a lot bigger in Johnny Five. It's a lot bigger, but it is sure. the the body shape, right? Yeah, yeah. And then treads and stuff. Because there's even one in um, A New Hope, which is basically tank treads. Metal beam on top, eyes. Oh, yes,
0: yes, yes. I mean, it is a makes sense for a robotic design, which is why
1: I guess it makes sense in this movie. So. Yeah. But, yeah, so I was wondering where that design originated. And it comes from a whole bunch of places, but it's sort of... Johnny Five is where they coagulate into this exact shape. Mm. And then after that, other films... Like straight up ripped it off.
0: Man, did, <laughs> did you did you uh, take it back to like any world fairs like maybe sixty four world's fair or anything? I couldn't see any. Uh, okay, that seems like a place where they might have had some. Oh yeah, tell me is or... two years before, short circuit. Yeah, I don't know. I know dates for films really
1: well, which is not. not I actually a you, I did know that just build. for some reason I. <laughs> and Rob was eighty five. Yeah. Well, you called that out, so. Yeah. Um, but.
0: No, I could see where James Cameron definitely might have picked up a tip or two for Terminator Two, which I mean, the first one's is just a murdering machine, right? The second yeah. one has a, the like you said, uh,
1: appreciate learning to well, well, first being told to appreciate.
0: Human I was gonna life say yeah, and, the
1: second one it's he was um, reprogrammed, but it did have him actually learn not to kill. Yeah. Or, no, because he, he was told not to kill by John. Right. But he learned why it matters, because at the end he sacrifices himself. Exactly. It's not until Dark Fate that we got a Terminator who actively chose to be a pacifist.
0: Oh, yeah, that was way different. But, uh. <laughs> but that,
1: that was what um, Cameron said in interviews, was we'd seen a Terminator program to be evil, we'd seen a Terminator program to be good, now I want to see a Terminator choose. <laughs> well, Johnny gets to choose pretty
0: fast, I guess. And he does choose both ways to some degree. I mean, he does go like 80s punk rock and... Yeah. some ass. I mean, you know, not quite Terminator style, but... <laughs>
1: yeah, he just chooses not to kill.
0: Right. He kills his brother. I mean, if he's sentient, doesn't his uh, brother robots have the potential to become sentient? Yeah. Sentient? They could. Yeah. You always have trouble with that word. I just I don't do. call it. Out. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he blows up number four, right? And, uh... Yeah. Lobotomizes one, two, and three to be the three stooges. And then he builds, like, a replica one just to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought that was the fourth, because he's number five. I thought three were the three stooges. And- oh, maybe you're right, yeah.
1: Well, that, that's Does he blow up one? He builds one from spare parts. Yeah, okay. Uh, I know he, he encounters one right at the start, but I don't think he blows it up.
0: Yeah. So he builds the one that blows yeah.
1: Okay, anyway, that's fine. That's, yeah. Anyway, um,
0: the point is, if he's alive, don't they have the potential
1: for that? Right, yeah. I don't See know. that would have been a fun idea for the sequel is if he'd actually reprogram the other ones and they become like a little family. But oh well.
0: It, it takes till the second one for him to, him to carry around his Pinocchio and Frankenstein books, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the second one, it do, I mean, it's weird. It's it's complete '80s ridiculousness, but I mean, it's still got like <laughs> you know some philosophy to stew on.
1: Yeah, well, it's because they took the core—the actual number five is alive core. And then just plugged it into a dumb 80s movie. But <laughs> it means that the Johnny Five stuff is still good. Yes. It's just that what's happening around it is just has no bearing on anything. <laughs> 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 like the first time those two bank robbers just like pop up from the vent, you're like, who are these guys? Why are they here? Yeah, <laughs> we have enough plots already. Yeah, I was like, what, does, why is it, Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And <laughs> well, that's when trying to list like characters and actors are. You can't name all the characters in Short Circuit Two because it's just such a stream of nonsense. And Ben
0: flipping out because uh, he's missing his date. It's like, dude, you've been kidnapped and stuck in a cold storage. If you make it out, I think you're gonna get a second chance there. <laughs> I mean, the
1: chance, the fact that you got this chance in the first place, just uh, she's got quite a bit of leeway. Yeah. <laughs> well, Captain America had the same thing, right? He gets frozen and all he thinks about is his date. I got got a little easier. Yeah, as a as a... Yeah, one night is a bit easier than 70 years. <laughs> <laughs> As a, um,
0: Musical dude, of course, I, I like the, uh... There... Uh, to me, that seemed easier in Morse code, even though it was completely ridiculous. The direct... That was a fun little bit. Directions yeah, I like through that. The city. I mean, of course, it's completely implausible, but I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm actually down with this. I enjoyed that.
1: I was less... Much less down with the, um, heist, um, shenanigans. Yeah, and, oh, tricking Jolly Fight. Driving to... Digging into a bank. Like... <laughs> yeah <laughs> they do get like that. that is a very brutal scene though where they're like axe oh where they're cutting him up yeah 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 I mean yeah, yeah I, I remember hating that scene as a kid <laughs> Like that scene was really stuck in my mind yeah and then I was really glad when I ever got to see him you know terminate up and go back for revenge of course of course but uh at the same time, it's like I want to see the Virgin Murray does just eviscerate them. <laughs> really, really, like, like, you know, they, those three deserve it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but in, up until that moment, they've been generally wacky.
1: Yeah. So it was quite a another U-turn. Well, they in there. did because they bash up the shop right at the start, and they do attempt to bash him up once before that. Yeah. So it's not like they're pretty bad villains we know from from the start, but yeah. <laughs> Number five alive. He says he is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I find it weird that the word what well, the word they go with is alive, and I think that's just because sentient is too difficult a word for cinema <laughs> goes. But like, he's not alive. He's not a reproducing organism. But it's he does the seem other to one be. To blow up. Yeah, <laughs> but I do think he's some semblance of consciousness.
0: How fully functional was Data? Was he, Was that a euphemism? <laughs> I mean, I don't think Data could actually reproduce in Star Trek. No. True. I mean, well, I guess he did in the end, but in a really roundabout way. Yeah. <laughs> and which you could also do with Johnny, so... Yeah.
1: Yeah, Johnny could build more number fives. One, number six, seven,
0: eight. Nine. Yeah. One point they do make in the second one is um, because he's alive, he makes bad decisions.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess... Is that what consciousness is, that you you operate without all the information but do your best? I don't well, know. you
0: have the, the freedom to now make whatever choice. Mm. Now, and most people are, you know, you have free will, but you got blinders on you. You actually yeah. end up making the robotic decision half the time. Yeah. Um, even relatively enlightened people, at certain points you're going to make the robotic decisions
1: just because there's not really another particularly valid option. I think if you can question... Whether he is alive, whether a, you know, self-aware machine is alive, any of those questions you can apply to whether we are sentient and alive and self-aware. And then, bringing more sci-fi franchises, talk about Star Wars.
0: It's how you treat the droids. Yeah, I mean they're, like, C-3PO seems somewhat less alive, like he seems to just be like, you know, algorithms going in weird directions.
1: Yeah, in Star Wars, the more humanoid a robot looks the less human act.
0: Right. <laughs> right, R2, is alive. Because R2 is fully alive. Yeah, R2 definitely comes across alive. But c 3 feels comes a, comes across like a short-circuiting droid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, right, I, I, I'm willing to give Johnny the benefit of the doubt. I mean, that's why it's so egregious when the the 80s villains uh, start chopping him up, you know?
1: Well, yeah, when no one treats him like he's a person. Right. <laughs> I don't understand why that pisses him off. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, it pisses off populations when you don't treat them like humans. Well, right. So,
0: somewhere <laughs> th- when he's about to get sold, I was like, oh, he's going to go terminate within a week. And I was like, oh, it only took a day. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take long at all for that to happen. <laughs> um, as far as the movie, you know, do, Again, I was a little surprised when you just like basically shouted this one over over Messenger, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shouted short circuit because it's not a movie that I feel like people really think about much. I mean, maybe that's why you're so pissed at Wally. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, I thought the movie was fine. Uh, it's not a it's not such a
1: rewatchable one, probably because it's a little slow. But I like the f- the, f- the silent half of Wally. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the slow
0: part <laughs> when they get on the ship, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I told you I mentioned our coworker we were doing this one. We just, he vomited his mouth a little bit. And said, we're doing two as well, and, and then it just blah all over me, man. Not really. Yeah, were,
1: like I chose these ones right now because like I don't think these are big films that need to be talked about or anything. <laughs> but they're just very personally I like them, so that's why I'm doing it on my birthday.
0: <laughs> right. Well, they stuck in the back of people's minds too, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I feel like there's probably a few more people that might <laughs> want to hear a bit about Short Circuit than. Uh,
1: you would at first assume... I, I feel like... The experience I had in my teens... What most people have... Where they put it on like... I don't really remember it... And then as soon as they start hearing music... And seeing seeing, do it, Oh I remember this... Yeah yeah...
0: That's the point... When we're talking to the coworker, um, His... He had a, He didn't... Have a good response... But he had a strong response... He definitely remembered it...
1: Yeah... <laughs> <laughs> the... The question we usually ask is... Does this film hold up? And it both does and it doesn't... I, I think the first short circuit... Overall, it does hold up pretty well. It's got a, a through line, it's got a character growth, it's got a nice arc, it's got emotional moments, it's, it says something interesting. It also has a white guy playing an Indian in brown face, <laughs> and the big moment where he realises Johnny Five is alive is when he tells him an anti-Semitic joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't go down so well. So it's does. got just like a couple of little elements that really have not aged well. Yes. But overall, the film has...
0: And the second one, not at all, but like we see, The second
1: one you can enjoy as a time capsule to just pure 80s Yeah, I guess that, because I, I do find
0: it more charming. I actually, I think I've always enjoyed watching the second one more. Uh, watching A Few
1: Nights, I'm like, do I like this movie or not? I, is this a good movie? I, it's not, but what, what am I watching? This is one of, absolutely one of those cases where I think the first one is better. I like the second one more.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: and I, I'm—I don't
0: even know why, but I'm going to go ahead and agree with that. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess it's more fun. Yeah, uh, the first one maybe gets a little too caught up in its plot. Just we got to get to
1: the next part of the plot where it's the second one. Uh, it's got eighty-seven plots going on, but like none of it doesn't really care. You just follow Johnny and Ben, and if they happen to bump into one of the plots, you get a bit of that plot. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, uh, how do you feel about the, the doc scene with Ben and
0: Johnny? That one actually kind of stood out to me.
1: Oh, well, yeah. When like I mean, Ben's
0: getting love advice from the,
1: like, so in yeah, person love remember, advice from I, the robot. <laughs> um, that that's actually one of the scenes. This morning I was kind of watching it at double speed just to refresh myself on the second one. But that scene was one where I stopped and watched it. Because it's just. what That scene actually is kind of poignant. Where he's like. He's talking about how, oh, I'm so alone because my robot and no one believes me. It. it was like. Yeah, I have the same experience being an Indian in America. <laughs> like, I had the ex- same experience being an actor having to do this and well, do a yeah. decent job. <laughs> yeah, that, that one scene actually gets so there is kind of a nice human core to that film.
0: Right. Because Ben's just a uh, stereotype in the first one, and the second so nowadays got to be the star. The second one, you're taking like this egregious stereotype, and now, oh god, we, now we got to actually flesh it out some. Yeah. So fortunately, they did have
1: an actor that could manage that. So but yeah, if they'd actually had an Indian actor in both films, then the second film would be like something pretty legit. <laughs>
0: yeah, or or they go harder on the stereotype just because. Maybe uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, cause in the first one he's 100 percent just a comedy sidekick.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a, kind of ridiculous comedy sidekick to a guy that where the actor and the character don't match at all yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's uh, kind of weird so um i i guess it's one of those things where if you saw it when you're a kid you're gonna like it and later on you're it's kind of a whatever kind of like us watching sonic for the first time a few months ago as adults it's, right it's like yeah, a whatever yeah, yeah. now well right? yeah
1: this is the film to us what sonic probably is to kids right well, yeah, this lands for me because I remember laughing at these jokes as a kid and caring about this robot as a kid and so on. And, and chanting locust locos at the schoolyard. Yeah. You didn't have that schoolyard, though, did you? No, no. Yeah. I, I think there were lines I repeated, but I don't think that was one of them. Yeah, uh, their kids know what you're talking about? No, no. <laughs> absolutely not. No? Yeah, yeah, I don't remember anyone else watching this film, just me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that was the one thing I just had to say. Um, when Johnny saves himself by commandeering the remote-control airplanes... Mm. I want Lost Lo- Lo- Locos to make their return there.
1: <laughs> I was kind of surprised they didn't really make another appearance.
0: I think they should have saved Johnny from being axe-murdered.
1: Yeah. I think it would well, be good when he went back for his revenge, they should have been, like, his squad. Yeah, he exactly. up with, like, all the He's in the
0: gang now. You yeah. know? I, but I thought that would have been, like, a kind of entertaining <laughs> way to, like, bring in, the, oh, there are some humans that will help the, him,
1: even if... Right, you know. <laughs> because really it's just Ben, Stephanie, and... Kind New of, Fred, until he sells them, tries to sell later on. But, <laughs> yeah, this film does not paint a good picture of the human race. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's just a shade
0: or two from Terminator. I mean, let's face it, the only reason Johnny doesn't get a little more hardcore in the second one is because he replaced his laser with a, a backpack. <laughs> yeah, he still has that cutter, though. He could have fucked a person up with that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> got up close and personal for that, so... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's it's a nostalgia trip, but I guess 2020 is a good
1: time for a nostalgia trip. Yeah, I don't think anyone can blame you if you want to just go and pick this one up from the dollar store and <laughs> forget about 2020 for a little bit. <laughs> um, so, let's, let's talk about the places that we hang out. Um, let's do the Pokemon thing. Oh, yeah, if you want to listen to my Pokemon. other podcast, because, you, again, you just want to feel nostalgic and escape 2020, <laughs> I do a Pokemon podcast called Luke Loves Pokemon. You can find it on Twitter, at Luke Loves PKMN. Uh, find it on your podcasting app of choice it's not like this one they're just little 5 to 10 minute episodes about a different monster each week it's a bit In of a fun monster,
0: monster out your window The old joke okay Sorry, there's truck now, folks. Is it better than the, the, the Bugs and Batman Begins podcast? I don't know. I oh, no, know. They were very amusing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about the ones, the cicadas, that was... A few no, I think that gives a nice atmosphere. Okay, cool. Well, hopefully this truck <laughs> gives you a nice atmosphere. Sorry I interrupted you a bit there. That's fine. That's pretty much done. Okay. If you
1: like the music you heard in this podcast, you can find Matt's music at rovingsamedmedia.bandcamp.com. I assume he's going to use something bleepy-bloopy.
0: Yeah. And I should just mention here, uh, we, we haven't actually recorded for a month, um, but... Um, yeah, uh, we did Rocky Horror a few weeks ago and I did and well, I haven't at this moment, but I will I'll do that Bill and Ted thing where I, you know, I'm saying it now, but it's going to it's going to happen that there's an EP of the tunes we did for that on the rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com page. So if you want to hear the full versions of our Rocky Horror renditions, uh, including our guests, you can go check that out. I'll do that. And for more on this podcast, am I on
1: that a little bit?
0: You're, yeah, you're in the chorus for the yeah, time warp cool. a little bit.
1: <laughs> I'm a professional singer now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: our own podcast is at m l s f
1: s pod at. Yes, at MLFSF. Well, I can't do it today. Yeah, but I did it like like a like brain trauma. Speed. You honestly, <laughs> you looked like you were having like visions from the aliens and like commuting their message to me. Stared up into the heavens and started chanting. Well, I had to visualize like a sanctuary to get to S because I was like, why am I saying F O five sanctuary? So I, I was staring at some kind of mental construct there. At pod on Twitter, if you want to follow us, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice, whatever. Just keep listening, that's cool too. There's Facebook too. Oh, it's Facebook. Just search for Matt and Luke Sci Fi Sanctuary.
0: Yeah, that, that's where you'll. Basically,
1: yeah. if you go on Facebook, you'll find Matt, and if you go on Twitter, you'll find me. Yes. But never the twain shall meet. <laughs> okay, and. Never the taint. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I was going to say that, but I think I already made that joke. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of. As I said it, I got flashbacks, so I was doing that before. <laughs> Matt's the butt, I'm the dick, and you're the taint, listener. <laughs> That was my thought.
0: Okay, I haven't, I haven't talked about my my, my J pop ideas on on air yet. <laughs> you can share one. <laughs> <laughs> this one is, is a group of guys. Oh, um, maybe the Taint Squad. I don't know. Wearing like spandex suits. And it's got a little hole cut out there. It's not, it's not actually obscene, because none of the actual bits are there,
2: so...
1: <laughs> While they're singing their songs and dancing, they just make high-pitched squeals, Very flexible, lift up a leg, and... <laughs> I feel like if you had a Japanese idol group who showed their taint, it would just be called Taint, but it would be like T.A.I.N.T. And there would be some bullshit <laughs> thing that it stands for, but everyone knows they're just called Taint, because they show you their taint. But nobody in Japan would know that! <laughs> <laughs>
0: The people that created the group wouldn't actually know that. That's the most horrible thing.
1: <laughs>
0: we know. <laughs> yeah, how oh am I? Okay, uh, what
1: should the listeners do then? I, I, you have a whole menu of things to go with here. Well, they should spread their legs as far apart as they can and exit the sanctuary through their taint. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought you, I thought you were going to go to Los Locos. Okay. <laughs>
0: Excellent adventure and bogus journey.
3: Truth fain to realize Always seeking the prize for a love that never dies. Drink the nectar of lotus.